Hello, everybody. We had some technical difficulties there a minute ago, so I apologize for that. And we have the most amazing, wonderful, lovely Allison Graham, who is just like the plethora of everything every woman needs, um, from tidbits that help your stress for your day to an amazing sense of humor. She also has CRPS like I do. She is like my adopted sister on the other side of the United States. And she's written four books, one of which I cannot, I mean, they're all good. But the one where it says you ate, uh, you married your mom and had a dog as a baby is the funniest flipping thing ever. So I know how busy you are and I can't thank you enough for being here. It is so awesome to be here. And you know, I love dogs, but you're raising babies. To I'm be, raising babies. You are like fur babies. You also have a real baby uh, who's turning out to be an incredible human uh, as she ages. And this is, this is to help people like help you guys fund the, the fur babies. The fur yes. pods. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So I hope people are donating. I know the GoFundMe is going up and up and up. We're getting closer. Yeah, we need to get closer. We need yeah, to get definitely. closer because every dollar matches. I mean, even if you spare one cup of coffee, that provides them with their own chew toy. That provides them with some treats because when we play with them, we hold every one of them. We nurture them, cuddle them. We're already teaching them potty training. Like most of them already do it perfectly and they're not even eight weeks. And we give them the best, most healthiest, stuff we don't feed them any of that processed crap we you know make sure they have great vets and they get taken care of like royalty they really really do and we always give them the best treats and toys and play and you know so yeah we wouldn't be able to do what we do if we don't get any donations because we pay for it out of our own pocket and um, that's really tough yeah absolutely and eventually they will grow up and be companion dogs right yes. for people with disabilities or some challenges right like very specific yes and so that's amazing they're just the best I mean you can't go wrong with I mean even your worst day how do you not pick up a puppy and just say forget everything that happened like you know this is it this is it I'm good so cute anyway yeah so tell us what you're up to what you've been doing and you're on tv I know um what else is going on well, today has been a phenomenal day because I've been coaching since eight this morning and uh, just incredible clients. So that's great. So in my coaching practice, I help people come out of the weeds. So get out of their own way when they're feeling really overwhelmed or trying to figure out how to problem solve. So that's my work with the coaching. And then my speaking and online courses is really about helping people identify how they may be making life harder than it needs to actually be. And when you understand how destructive stress is creating, created, and that's the kind that makes you feel overwhelmed and frustrated and kind of has you getting to the end of the day and being like, I have nothing left for what's really important to me, AKA my family, myself, right. my, you know, whatever rate is important to you. That's, that's not a great way to live a life that can lead you to regret. And so I'm trying to help people figure out what's causing, what are the patterns that are making that happen so they can stop it sooner. So tell me a couple of your tidbits that you shared when you were last on TV about morning routines and getting that. Oh yeah. So 
I think like of all the things that happens in families that can be the most frustrating is it's the morning routine. Yes. And yet most families never actually create a strategy around it. And if every time you're leaving the house in the morning, it's frustration, it's anger, it's yelling, it's nagging, it's everybody being late. Like nobody's going to have a good day right? Like, it's not good for you. It's not good for your family. It's like, it's not. So I'm all about how do we take that repeating time of angst and be strategic about how we're going to fix it. And that has been really well received. I have an online course called Fix Your Family's Morning Routine. And it's about an hour long course. And you just kind of go through it and here are the exact step by step by step by step to make the perfect for your family morning routine. And so I was on TV the other day doing that. Yeah, it was was great. great. It was a great interview. What what do you start by giving an example of something easy to start with to help the chaos? Put up or put not up, um, create angst jars. Okay, so one of the biggest things is you do not solve the morning routine in the morning. Right. It doesn't work like you going, get up. You got to get up earlier tomorrow is not going to help. So instead, put jars, one in the bathroom, one in the bedroom, one in the kitchen, one at the front door with little post-it notes and markers. And when you notice something that's off the rails or not working, get very specific, write it down on the post-it note, put it in the jar. So then when you meet to figure out how are we going to fix it, we know what the moments that are going off the rails are. That's awesome. This is why everybody should come to you because you're brilliant. Now you're working on another new book. I am. And what's that about? Because I can't wait to talk about my favorite in a minute. So, okay. Uh, So the new one is called The Stress Illusion. Defy the lies that make life harder than it needs to be. I am fascinated by the fact that we have access to more mental health information, more, uh, you know, positive thinking and motivation and everything that's happening online, like through social media. And yet, even with more resources available, stress levels, stress leave, burnout, all of it is going on. Yeah, totally overwhelmed. So there's a a disconnect. And I actually believe the reason our stress levels are going up is because we are being taught incorrectly how to actually deal with our stress. I believe that a lot of the advice is flawed or part truths and it's holding people to a standard that is not working. And then they're judging themselves, which ironically creates even more destructive stress. And it's this loop that keeps going and causes that regret that we were talking about earlier. And so this book will give a different framework for how to actually fundamentally stop creating stress. And the when will this point. book come out? Well, that's a great question. Um, I think it's going to come out in January or February. And I just was talking to somebody yesterday about when is it going to actually drop? There are a lot of pieces. Writing the book is not the hard part. It's marketing, getting it into distribution, being sure it has the right cover, all of that, that we're just working on. So it'll be early in the new year. Gotcha. Talk about awesome cover. You got to talk about my favorite. I love this book. It's hysterical. I'm going to reread it. It's like, constant rereading of this or sometimes I just go and pick up like a little nugget in the chapter and then I close it but I like really want to sit there and do cover to cover again 
but I always like go back and just pick up little nuggets here and there. And I think it's a tool everybody needs and it's got humor, which is hysterical. So can you give us a little scoop on it? I uh, sure can. So it's called Married My Mom, Birthed a Dog, How to Be Resilient When Life Sucks. <laughs> and not everybody got the title. I thought I think it's great. I think it's fantastic. I don't get it. But here's the thing. When I was told by my neurologist that I had to reevaluate my expectations for life, that I would never be working full time again, that I would always be on like high dose pain medications. He like told me to go on disability. That was his answer to my neuropathic pain that was caused after a surgery or during a surgery and lasted after the surgery. And I was so frustrated. I was like, I can't just give up on my life. Right. Like I was 32 years old. Like that wasn't okay. 34 at the time of that particular appointment. And so I went on a journey to figure out how can I make friends with my pain? How can I still operate and be successful and reach my goals and dreams, even though I have physical pain? And that became, that book is that journey that Mm -hmm. all of the pieces of the puzzle that came together, that's what that is. Right. Now, could you talk about your thoughts, feelings, and emotions on how it is for you to have CRPS. I have it and I talk about it, but it's not something a lot of people talk about because a lot of people don't know about it. So how has it been? And I don't want to overstep and go too personal, but what can you or feel comfortable sharing about CRPS and how it is? Because a lot of people, even family members, they don't understand. They don't get it. They don't know what it's like to have it. Um, So enlighten us as to all of it. So The way I describe my pain is it's essentially, um, well, if we went to the full description, it's like if you had a cut and you know, like it was a slice in your body and you just kind of like, it got really sore, but then like 24 hours later, it's sort of kind of healed and it kind of just has that sensitivity around it. And then you took a serrated edge knife and you put it in that almost healed wound and you went yeah. That's my pain. So how do you live with CRPS? How can others, because we really don't have a lot of people out there who talk about it. And, you know, know. sometimes doctors don't even know what CRPS is depending on their field. Right. Uh, and for those who don't know, it's complex regional pain syndrome, and it's a type of neuropathic pain that is, can be relentless. It can ebb and flow. Yeah. Um, I have definitely gotten in touch with the pain, meaning like I lean into it. I don't try to resist it. Mm -hmm. So in the old days, it was like this thing that's going and I'm like punching it and like angry with it and resisting it and doing all that. And now I kind of like, it sounds really weird, but it's like, I'm so many years into it. Yeah. And so it's like the sensation of like leaning into the pain, feeling the fullness of it. And then psychologically, bringing myself down so that I'm not allowing it to take over. It doesn't make it go away. Like actually though, lately I've had a lot of success with my pain and some of the um, long-term impact of having neuropathic pain meant that the rest of my body started to get really active in other issues. And I've had a lot of success lately in calming that down. How do you calm it down? Well, actually I, so like, cause they diagnosed me then with fibromyalgia, which was like everything. And then there was a reaction that was 
like felt like my muscles were coming off of my bones, right? It was really weird every time I stepped. And uh, I actually did a nine and a half day a water only fast, which got rid of that reaction. Do you remember when I did that? I do remember that you did that, but how do you survive on only water for nine and a half days? I mean, no food, uh, no nothing. Yeah, just water uh, and salt and electrolytes. And you want to be really healthy about it. And I'm not recommending it for everybody. Uh, it was something that I was, I had done some research. I needed to get those chemicals out of my body. That's how because... I feel like today. Cause they gave me so, I told Michael who's sitting in here with me now, I literally date, cause I don't do verset before we go back. I, I want the least amount in me. I don't, I, you know, I don't want all this medication. And the first thing they gave me, I was like, my mouth is on fire. My lips are on fire. I don't know what you just gave me. I've never had that in all my surgeries and I don't ever want it again. Like never. And so then they do the propofol and they do the fentanyl and then they do, you know, all this other stuff. I was awake for part and then they put me under for the rest. And I, I negotiated, I tried to stay awake for the whole thing, but I lost that. But it's literally, I don't take any pain meds after. I just don't like that feeling that's artificial within me, you know, like you don't have, you're, you're not a hundred percent you. And I, I can't stand that. I'd rather deal with the pain, but just water. Yeah. I don't like, I don't like medications as a whole. I'm not afraid of them. Like if you need them, have them. I remember having a conversation after, I think it was my fifth surgery with one of the doctors and I had a really incredible pain doctors. And he said, look, I said, I'm so afraid of getting addicted because you hear yeah. these stories and he said look if you only take what's prescribed and on the day that you start to notice that that's too much for where your pain is at you come down a dose and we start weaning off he said you should technically be okay he said the problem is is that people get going they've got the pain they take the pain medication and then when they're taking too much for the pain right it they don't start lowering, they keep going, and then they're getting a bit more of a high from it. Um, I mean, addiction is a whole other issue, and that's not my specialty. So I, I want to be careful about that. But I was just really, really careful about always getting lower, as low as I could, as fast as I could on the pain medications, right. to the point where, like, my mom and I had a book, and after surgeries, we would write down what pills I took, when I put them, what time I took them, so I could actually see and I, I also am not, I don't like the feeling of being high or out of it. And what I found with most of the pain medications is that it masks your brain. So it can interpret, interpret the pain. It's like a bandaid. Yeah. It's like a temporary bandaid. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. How, uh, what would you say to people who have family members that have CRPS and they don't understand it, they don't get it. And a lot of times they, they're very mean and cruel. I mean, I've talked to a lot of people who have it and they're like, they don't understand. They think I'm making it up. I'm like, you cannot make up this kind of pain. You, you just can't, it's not, it's not an option. I remember one of my coaching clients, he was like, Allison, my family doesn't get it. They don't understand how much pain I'm in. And I said, aren't you grateful that they don't? And he's like, you're right. I would never want my daughters or at the time his wife to feel what I'm feeling. And he had it in his jaw, neuropathic pain. And that's really, really hard because every time you chew, every time you, you know, do whatever. And I'm like, okay, so if they can't understand the pain and you don't know how to make your pain go away because 
you know, the doctors will figure it out or whatever. We have to figure out some strategies that are going to work for you and your family. And so part of, I think the biggest hole for all of us with pain is the need to feel validated. Because it's something that only you can feel, it is a private, it's your private, like nobody will ever know what it feels like to be you. Right. And because I look like I'm fine and people like, I mean, obviously behind the scenes and I I know today my eyes are looking pretty tired um, because, you know, my pain is high, but I, I know that nobody is ever going to feel it and nobody ever needs to under I I just allowed myself to be like I don't care what other people think about my pain right it's so critical but it can be debilitating at times like oh my god like collapsing like I mean I remember I had a party once with uh, a whole bunch of people back then I was you know networking and in the city and everything like that and and there were like 75 women who it was like a business networking group for women and I hosted it in my buildings like downstairs and about like we sort of put a time limit on it but you know when people are having a good time they keep saying and one of my best friends came up to me and she said oh my god are you okay and I'm like I'm not okay we're gonna do something and she's like oh it's time for the party to be over and she like started to get people to leave and the second they left I literally collapsed on the floor and we couldn't even get me up the elevator for quite some time where we had like you know my two four friends sat with me and we just hung out on the floor but you know, so often in our lives, we're committed to putting on the brave face. Right. And it's one of the reasons why I started talking about the pain is because people don't know. And I know executives at some of the biggest companies in the world who have neuropathic pain and they're working every day and they are collapsing at the end of the day and their teams don't even know. Yeah. And it's like, wow, it, that's a lot there's a lot of burden to put on your body and then you have to be aware, but it's like, instead of trying to get people to understand, figure out how you can operate together. Right. So if, do you have a code word? Do you recognize that because your pain is so high, you're going to be really short tempered with the people around you. Right. And, and it's not intentional. No, it isn't. But if you don't bring awareness to it, that's what I'm saying. So many people are like, I don't know how to explain it. And one lady I was talking to, she was hysterical. She goes, I tried to explain it. It's like giving birth to 20 kids at one time. And that pain never goes away. And I was like, uh, okay, that's an analogy. I never would have thought of, but sure, we can go with that. You know, right. it, and it is, it's debilitating. There are times even, and it's harder because like now I'm only one hand and on top of that, and it gets debilitating from that. And like all the medicine they gave me for my surgery yesterday is out of me. And so I'm feeling all of my hundreds and hundreds of stitches right now. And um, yeah, it's, it's, nobody understands it. And I'm the one that doesn't complain about it and say, Hey, I can do this. Let me do it. I try to do it like this. Okay. So you can give me crap because I know you will. When I came home from surgery, I got a broom and started sweeping from all the dog hair. Look at her face, babe. I did. I went and got a broom and I started they've been there all by themselves while I was in surgery so I went and swept all that up and then I didn't sleep at all last night so I sterilized from top to bottom the kitchen cleaned all the kitchen and you know and and do all that and it's just like my when my husband came back in from feeding the dogs last night he looks around and the floor's all swept and I was just like don't get mad at me, don't get mad at me. <laughs> 
but we've talked about this before, right? Because being been, busy is your coping mechanism. See, like if I did you hear her? I, can, I don't think it's necessarily healthy, but I'd not you could have left that part out for Michael. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm sure Michael could have swept the floor, right, Michael? Exactly. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing: if you, Victoria, are in that much pain, what are you gonna do? Sit on the couch? And focus on the pain? I can't, I can't, I can't. I wish I could, but I can't. It's really, really hard to sit with your pain. Yes. And sometimes it's like that actually was what was the change for me. Is I sat with my pain. I went into it. I feel it. I see it. I can describe it. I know exactly what it's like. And I think one of the reasons family members, not not Michael, that's a different situation because you guys have really good conversations, but thinking about the person who um, was crying to you like they don't understand it, stop making them understand it because they're never going to understand it. Right. And you don't want them to understand it because then they would have to experience what you're experiencing. And I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. So it's a futile thing. Like you're never going to succeed there. So you've got to validate yourself. Right. Go into the pain, understand what's happening for you and be aware of how it limits your ability to show up the way you want to limit, you want to show up and create some strategies, whether it's code words or like really being strategic, like we talked about with the morning routine, right? Mm -hmm. If you just allow that to go on day after day after day after day. And every work and like, you know, school day is a train wreck in your home. And you allow that to go on September, October, November, December, like that's on you. Like you've got to be strategic about it. And same thing with the pain. Right. Sit down as a family and go, look, you're never going to understand. And I'm just going to try to process that and figure out how do I feel validated on my own. But the way we're operating together is no longer going to work. Because all we're doing is making life harder than it needs to be. So let's create some strategies so that you know that when I'm in pain. So one of the things with my mom and I is, and we're not perfect, right? Obviously, I mean, it's a learning process, but I'll be like, my pain is significant right now. And so that just gives her a heads up that I may not be as open and accommodating as I would like to be. Right. Right. right but Absolutely. have a way to call it out and like that's just human nature you only have so much capacity to do to think to feel to be each and every day and if your pain is taking away 65 percent of your functioning capacity you got this much left right yeah so you got to be really strategic about how you do that like how you allocate that really strategic and in the old days I had two to five hours of functionality a day and I had to figure out how to run my company how to have a life how to do everything I needed to do in that time and the rest was bonus right so tell everybody what you do with your coaching and what you coach and I'm sure there's so many people out here that could utilize your brilliance yeah I think um (laughs) well the big thing is like through like companies and associations I will go and be a speaker So I'm a paid keynote speaker. You bring me in. I will, uh, you know, share some strategies around how destructive stress is created. And when you understand that, 
so that you can use the strategies to stop creating so much of it. Mm -hmm. Because at the core of my belief is if you create and allow stress to consume your life, it's already done as damage, right? Like by the time we're managing stress, it's already fired in your body. And this is why, like when people say to me, oh, I got to go to the gym to release my stress. Well, yeah, but go to the gym because it's a healthy lifestyle choice, not because you spent nine to five building destructive stress and suffocating on your success and what you're doing. And you have to go to the gym to release the stress hormones so that you can not be grumpy bear when you get home. So let's stop creating the destructive stress during the day as a starting point. And then you can just be healthy lifestyle. Anyway, so that's the kind of thing I get brought into companies and associations and organizations to speak about. And then my coaching roster, I keep a very minimal number because I have to manage my own capacity, right, with my own pain. And so I keep a very uh, low number of coaching clients who I am essentially their their person. Their lifeline. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And then the online courses, which are available to everybody. And all of your books, you have to get them, but especially to the dog when it's speaking. where you find them all? I uh, go to Amazon or alisongraham.com. You know, I do a lift up every week ish. So oh, it's a new it. and people can register for free. Tell us what this one for this week was. Uh, that's why I say ish, because sometimes I don't do one. Ah, okay. Tell us when you have done them. Last week's was all about when you say yes to something that you don't want to say yes to, you're actually saying no to something else. And so every time you get that obligation in your mind where you're going to say yes when you really don't want to, I want you to pretend that you are taking the person you care the most about. So if it's your child, if it's, you know, your spouse or just yourself and say, I care more about obliging this stranger who's asked me for something than I do about taking time for you. And that really resonated because. So often people are talking about, you know, oh, I'm in over my head. I should have said no to this. It's like, if you know you should have said no to it, then call and say no. Yes, you may disappoint someone, but are you disappointing the people you love and are committed to more? You have questions for Miss Ellie? No, she's doing awesome. Howdy, y'all. Hey. That's my mom. How you doing? Outstanding. Are you off camera? Because we can't see you. It's better that way. Stop it. I don't believe that. No. It's my hot, hot off the market. Jar. Shut up. Jar. But he's running out of time. You better get a hold. You know, we get remarried every year before our anniversary. Where'd you find it? I'm not telling you. Uh Uh-uh, get off me. We get married every year and he proposes and we changed the rings like we did it for my amputation last year because obviously I don't have a left finger anymore and so um this was his idea that he wanted to do this so we always say newlyweds and um our anniversary is like oh it's in like nine days you better get crack a we've never gone this long like and a good friend of mine does it she she officiates the the wedding and we get the new rings and we've got them and they're beautiful and they're sitting there and even faith is like dad 
are you kidding? You're running out of time. TikTok, let's go. Like, you got to come on. And it'll be like you're eloping on the fly. See, he's got a whole new special thing this year. Right? That's how he's dangling. I mean, we've gone decades and never had a fight. Right. That's right. That's right. It's pretty awesome. And you guys are raising the dogs. Like, and so that's all through fundraising, though, right? Like, is because you want to give these away to families in need. Mm-hmm. who are but it's expensive to run these dogs like what does it cost to run a dog see I'm gonna hijack your interviewing because I think go this for is it <laughs> please like, I'm losing my like, throat my voice <sighs> how many thousands of dollars a year is it per dog I would say between 40 and 50 thousand total for all of the ones we have right now 40 to 50 thousand and you guys are totally funding it all on your own unless we get um, so GoFundMe donations. Yeah. It's very, 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 very hard because I'm disabled and my daughter has special needs and we still won't stop doing what we're doing. And, you know, to see that little face light up because they now have their, their bestie and it's amazing. And you just want to share that. And, you know, it's, I always tell Faith, I'm like, I don't think it's right because when we go out and help people, we're going out to help them. And we're the ones who feel amazing for it afterwards. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that full heart. And it's so important. And we don't want to stop doing this. We don't. But, you know, we can't continue without the help of other people donating. It's just so expensive. No. So I just got back from the vet. So for the first hour of this live podcasting, uh, I'd taken uh, our five puppies that we have. And then two two of our customers came and met me at the vet and, you know, asking them questions. How's your little fur baby doing? And they all... He's amazing. She's awesome. All she wants to do is is Love. nibble on your hair, my beard, and play with the kitty cats and and the older dogs. And and they're eating everything. And you know they're just you know to see that there was two girls there also uh, small children, and they were just so happy to have their their new uh, fur fur baby in their life. And you know that that makes it worthwhile right there. You know, um, my wife and I we we're giving away three dogs uh to you know families who need them and we've already donated one dog to a a couple who needed them and they are just having their second baby so you know that's that's special you know have them two grow up together so yeah um so i'm sorry i missed the first hour um but i was taking care of but we also lost the internet on the first hour is that right internet went completely down facebook won't allow you to record but for more than like 45 minutes and they cut you down and the whole, like, Alex wrote me, he goes, I don't know what just happened. You want me to wait in the Zoom room? And 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 I was like, I don't know, because Facebook cuts you off, and then it cuts you off of Zoom. So you don't, like, you have to start back over. Well, thank you all for hanging with us. And, uh, you know, I, I see how many viewers we have on now. So thank you all for, for putting up with us, especially me. No, I like I like it better when he does this with me. It, it I'm just I'm just a redneck in the background, y'all. But I love oh, I don't know about Josh, but. You know, it's definitely a team effort, right? Like trying to figure out how to do this and, um, you know, those dogs and the families, the lives that are going to be impacted is pretty significant. And to know that you're doing this when you had to have your arm amputated last year and now another surgery yesterday, which is just ridiculous, right? Like trying to get the pain under control Mm -hmm. and like you're funding this on your own. Like that's not going to and you never know, Allie, one day this could, ha- God forbid, I hope I'm wrong. It can happen to you. I mean, I had two hands a-, a year and a month ago. I had two hands. And then, you know, 
Now I don't, and it's life altering in every way. If people take it for granted, try opening a jar, try opening a milk container, you know, or like pushing the cart when it's full, you know, all of these things really makes it such uh, an impossible challenge. Getting dressed, you get exhausted. Like you get exhausted when you try to, my hair is really long. And when you try to wash it, you're exhausted. It's just horrible. And everything, like I have no weight bearing because I have a titanium shoulder. So there's no weight bearing on this at all. And you feel inadequate because, and then when you don't have anything to help with the pain and then you have your CRPS on it, you literally want to curl up in the wall in a fetal position. Yeah. And yet you don't. I don't. And you're doing what you do online and the social media and like people hire you to do their social media for them. I mean, cause you are like, I mean, you have hundreds of thousands, sometimes millions of views on the work that you do because you've cracked the algorithm. You understand how it works and people can hire you to do that. And one day I would like to hire you to do that formally, uh, which is great. Cause you're always so helpful with it, but it's like that, like what I admire about the work you're doing is having a challenge because we all have them right to varying degrees. doesn't matter. There's zero comparison. Uh, cause it's all perspective, right. But not allowing it to define who you are. Right. not curling up on in the fetal position and also honoring the human experience. There's a lot of processing that goes with that. Yes. And I remember uh, one of my health challenges that has really been activated with this ongoing pain. We thought I might lose my eyesight for a while. Or at least I that was that. potential. Right. And I, I think it sounds like everything's fine now it's responded to treatment and et cetera. And yay. And I'm so blessed, but I'll tell you, to your point about taking things for granted, like just operate in a day without an arm, go around a day and close your eyes. Michael right? tried it. He, he yeah. made it where he couldn't use his arm for. It's extremely frustrating when you know you have the ability, but you choose not to use it. Yeah. Right. Right. But, but you, you do, you, you take everything for granted, you know, uh, but you know, when you lose something that valuable, you really step back and you know put things into perspective. Yeah. And then, of course, and it tells me that I suck at patty cake and whatever high fives, and yeah, it's great. Yeah. Nub you. <laughs> yeah. But you know, and I think though, what is so important is there are so many people who are running without obvious issues, right? They're showing up with a smile on their face and behind the scenes, they're collapsing, whether yes. it's from pain, whether it's from grief, whether it's from fear or resentment or whatever emotion is your reality. And it's like not honoring that human experience or trying to get validation about that from an outside source is something that is just going to make it harder. It does. It really does. So tell everybody again where we can find you and I will make sure to put it all in the notes after this. I think actually, I think from the last time we did a podcast, we have alisongraham.com backslash smile. Don't we have that as a URL where people can go and sign up and get different bonuses? I don't think it's there. Yeah. Let me double check. I should have checked that first. If not, I'll be sure to put it up and make it happen as soon as we hang up. From being You're live but essentially yeah it's the lift up so you can go there um it's a special bonus for a contagious smile podcast listeners awesome and it's the best you're gonna yeah go get that so alisongraham.com backslash smile 
And uh, yeah, if you make a donation to the podcast for fur babies, Mm -hmm. uh, you know what I will do? I will give you free access to my morning routine. Awesome. Show me a screenshot of you doing a GoFundMe for podcasting for pause. And I will give you free access to that course that will fix your morning routine. How's that for a deal? Let's just make stuff up on the fly. You're awesome. We adore you. I love you. You're so great. Thank you. So great. Yeah, you guys are awesome. And you have a great platform and you're doing really good things for a lot of people, right? Even domestic violence, uh, you know, uh, you know, victims who have been in that situation on your website. So there's a lot of giving that you guys are doing. So I hope people will fund you to make it so that it can keep going. Thank you. And I know that we will talk soon. If you need anything, I'm right here. Awesome. Have the best day. Thanks, honey. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye.